The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini. And, yes, you are at the right place for the most practical, most realistic, and current home improvement information you'll find anywhere. We're going to have a lot of fun this week like we do each and every week. And during this hour, we want to talk about some tricks that we're going to share with you on how to paint a metal surface with fewer brush strokes. Yes, it's always good when you can spray metal, but if not, we'll tell you how you can get rid of those brush strokes. Also, uh, the battle with mold continues. We still have some issues out there. Also, how can you repair a stained door and hide all the cracks and still keep it stained? It's tricky, but it can be done. We'll tell you about it. A lot of emails coming up. And of course, Joe, what about that simple solution coming up in just a bit? All right, Danny, I have a really quick way to draw a perfect circle for whenever you're working on a woodworking project where you might need to cut out a circle or even half a circle. So I've got a quick trick that uh, allows you to do that very accurately. Excellent. Looking forward to that and looking forward to hearing from you. If you'd like to send us an email, do so anytime. Todayshomeowner.com slash ask. And if you'd like to call the Today's Homeowner hotline anytime, 800-946-4420 is the number to call. And boy, we got some great calls this week. And you know, like we say um, a lot of times is, you know, you might say, I don't know if that's a good question to ask. I just don't know if it's worth calling. Well, the thing is, there's thousands and thousands of other people that would love to hear the answer to that question. You can make it happen by calling us or uh, sending us an email. We really appreciate all of that. One thing that we've been hearing a lot about, of course, is building decks. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different kind of materials, a lot of different ways to build decks. Um, I will say, if you're taking a deck on yourself, really do the research because you want to make sure it will really hold everything that you're going to put at it. I mean, you got to do a lot of bolting. You got to get that concrete right. You got to tie it to the house properly. There's a lot of things there that if you're not really good at framing and very confident with your framing skills, you may want to have someone else take care of it for you. But Joe, there's a big fluctuation in cost. And of course, uh, geographically across the country, you know, there's some areas that, you know, will use a lot of cedar, some using a lot of redwood, but of course the majority of them use treated wood. And I guess the availability of it. And also that's kind of the lower price point in the whole scheme of building decks, huh? Yeah. No matter what type of wood people choose or composite or PVC or whatever, but regardless of what they use on the decking surface itself, the walking surface, I mean, every builder, every contractor recommends pressure treated framing. So at least the framing, the post, the joists, the, any beams should all be pressure treated lumber. Then if you want to use pressure treated lumber on the surface, that's fine too. And it is still pressure treated wood, whether it's decking or pressure treated two by sixes or something like that, it's still by far the most affordable. And you talk about cedar and redwood, which is a which is natural wood and it's naturally resistant to decay, which is reason to use it. Um, typically in the in the Northwest, California, Oregon, Washington, you see a lot of cedar and redwood because it's readily available. They're not shipping it across the country. That's what makes it so expensive 
if you live in Connecticut like me or in Alabama where Danny is. Um, but yeah, I ran across this cost guide and it has, and it lists um, decking materials, the five or six most common decking materials as a cost for materials only, and then to have it installed. And then just as interesting, there were some stats. And again, these are based on national averages. So it might be higher or lower, depending on where you live. Um, I've never seen a list quite like this, Danny, where it's, it's cost per square foot installed. In other words, how much is it cost per square foot to have a deck installed based on five different deck styles mm -hmm. on grade platform, meaning it's essentially sitting on the ground. Um, those prices range from about 10 to $30 a square foot. Then a freestanding deck, sometimes people call them island decks. They're not attached to anything, not attached to the house. They're usually out in the middle of the yard. 20 to $40 a square mm -hmm. foot. A raised deck, meaning, you know, a foot or two off the ground, 25 to $50 a square foot. A two-story deck, One's raised up at least eight or 10 feet, 30 to $60 a square foot. Then the most expensive one, of course, not surprising, is a multi-level deck, regardless of how high it is. But typically it starts maybe on the platform on grade and it goes up two or three feet. And that ranges about 30 to $75 a square foot. Well, you really have to know what you're doing when you get up um, elevated like that. And, I, and right. I'll tell you, just from an opinion standpoint, um, I've never really seen, in my opinion, a deck that's right on the ground, you know, Right. Um, let's just say that you basically build it on the ground. So maybe it's six or eight inches off the, you know, the top surface from the ground. I've never seen one of those to me that look good. And certainly, you know, putting it right down on the ground is, is not good for its longevity. And then it creates this haven for insects because, right. you know, you're going to have a little bit of debris that gets through the cracks on there. And then you've got the moisture that's trapped in there. The sun's not getting to it. Perfect yeah. environment for mold, mildew roaches, you know, all kinds of different things. Snakes so, and chipmunks yeah. and everything Yeah, else. exactly. Yeah. So I really, I really recommend getting it up off the ground to where you can, you know, have plenty of air circulating under there. But, but Joe, a really good question that could be addressed in this, um, in this research is the difference between a treated wood deck, which right. as you mentioned, you're still going to be framing with the treated wood deck if right. you use some of the other materials, but composite. So compared between a traditional treated deck and a composite deck, what kind of um, on the research here, what, what, what does it show as the difference between those two approaches? Well, those are the widest range of prices because you're going from the very most affordable pressure treated wood, typically between three to eight dollars a square foot for materials only. Now we're talking oh. um, three to eight dollars a square foot or composite. It starts at about eight. And to tell you the truth, I'm not sure where they're buying it for only eight dollars, but it's not anywhere near where I live. And composites can go up to twenty dollars or more per square foot. So, you know, roughly you're talking about three times as much right, for right. a composite deck now. What do you gain with that? Well, you gain a virtually maintenance-free deck. You don't have to worry about splinters or staining or or rot or anything like that because it's a composite, um, you know, basically essentially plastic lumber. Um, and the new capstock composites look very much like wood. If you've not uh -huh. seen those, you know, um, you can go to like Trex. They're they're one of the largest manufacturers. So, and then cedar, redwood, mahogany, ipe, and some other exotic hardwoods all fall in between the pressure treated 
and the composites. Yeah, you know, um, so many times with treated wood, and of course, all treated wood is not equal. There are many different grades of treated wood, and I would, right. strong, I would strongly make it recommend if you're building the deck yourself, take the time to hand pick all of those um, all of those materials. It'll certainly make it easier. You'll end up with a lot better deck by doing so. Uh, but I have noticed um, in Home Depot recently that the treated wood just seems to be getting better and better and yeah. better yeah. Uh, with a lot of it. So they're you know finding that, and also. Um, kill dried to where you actually have the treatment um, completed and then they dry it out a little bit so that it uh, can be stained uh, even easier and usually on those kill dried usually are a better grade of wood that they're using on that treated wood approach. Yeah and when you had mentioned earlier about make sure whoever's building your deck they really experience if it's a multi-level deck or a raised deck and I still it's hard to believe but I still see people supporting raised decks on four by fours. There's no reason to use a four by four. I say hardly ever as opposed, you know, maybe if it's a foot or two off the ground, it doesn't much matter, but you're going up eight or 10 feet spring for the six by sixes. There's no reason to put a foot. You see them, they're kind of warped and they're bent. They're very spindly looking. We move up to the six by sixes, not that much more um, as far as cost goes. And you get a much stronger, much more rigid deck. You know what it looks like to me when you see a, a, a sizable deck with four by fours? It looks like someone that's got real skinny legs. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, it's like wow, olive oil. How, yeah, olive oil, oil yeah. legs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, how can you hold up that deck like that? And you're right. You know, when you get it up like that and you, you know, you should never nail a deck to a wall. You right. got to have bolts because when you get a lot of people up there and you may say, oh, we never have a lot of people. But one day you have a little get together and there's 12 or 15 or 20 people up there. Do right. the math. That's a tremendous amount of movement, tremendous amount of weight. And you just simply want something that is going to take care of that without a doubt. Every year we hear about decks falling right off walls. Every spring. One yep. story, two story, whatever. And you want to avoid that when you build your deck. Hey, we're just getting started here on today's Homeowner Radio. A lot of information to share with you. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about a few tricks we're going to share with you on how you can paint that metal door, that metal cabinet, or just about anything that you have without all of those brush strokes. It can be done. We're going to tell you all about it and a whole lot more right here on today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show that's nationally syndicated all over this great country. Over 360 stations carrying the show, including this one in Silva, North Carolina. WRGCAM 540. Special hello to everybody there. And we want to help you with any challenge that you might be having around your home. Any question, any thought that you might have, let us know about it. And you can give us a call at 800-946-4420 or send us an email. Today's Homeowner.com. Slash ask. Let's go right to the hotline right now. Everett is on the line from Georgia. Everett, welcome to the show, and tell us what's going on around that house. Good morning, gents. How y'all doing today? Doing great, We're great. Man. Thank doing you. Great. Good, good to hear. Well, very recently, my son, my wife, and I, we got up on a Saturday morning and looked at the garage did. My son and I said it. My wife didn't. But we looked at it and said, you know, we really want to do something with the garage. We've been living in our home for 23 years. We never did anything to the walls or the floors. So 
we decided to put down some one of those epoxy-type products on the floor in the garage, and we decided we would paint the walls. And everything turned out great. It's absolutely beautiful. Even my wife uh, really liked it. She did some before oh, and after the, pictures. Even, even the, the, wife. the wife approval. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man, Everett yeah. is on it. Yeah. Yeah, normally she'll say, well, if you like it, you know, and then she'll leave that sentence kind of open. Well, but Well, my advice at this point is don't ever do another home improvement project. This yeah, is as good hang, as hang it's going to get, Everett. That's right. You hang only go it. downhill from here. <laughs> Understood. So I looked at her uh, before and after pictures, and everything looked good except the door to the garage uh, into the house. And we didn't do anything to that door. And I actually had a little bit of trepidation about it because we once painted the basement door before with a brush, and it turned out terrible. I I don't, it looked so bad. I said to myself, I don't know what we're going to do about this door and how we're going to paint it. Do we change it or what? So that's why I reached out to you guys. What's the best way? to paint one of those steel doors? Is it a brush? Is it a spray paint can, a paint sprayer? I I don't know what to do to make it look as good as the rest. I think Danny's got the exact answer because we're both thinking the same thing. Go ahead, Danny. Absolutely. Well, you you know, having a sprayer, a little airless sprayer to spray something, um, that's about as good as it gets. But it's really not worth it for just one door. And a lot of Mm -hmm. times people see metal and they think they need a metal type paint. Whereas Mm -hmm. um, contrary to that, the popularity of the metal doors many years ago, the manufacturers were strongly recommending not to use an oil-based paint, but to use an acrylic latex paint. And that's what I would recommend on this is to lightly sand it, clean it, you know, wipe down all the dust on it, get you a really good brush. Don't get that $3 brush. Go ahead and get you a a really good $10 or $12 brush. Good good news. You can clean it and use it forever. But then pick up something called Floetrol. It's a product from the flood companies. And it's like, uh, what is that, Joe? F-L-O-E. F-L-O-E. T-R-O-L, flow troll. And and Mm -hmm. it's basically just an additive that you put just a little bit in the paint that you're using. And this is what the professionals do in situations like this. And, man, it's just as smooth as can be. We we use it a lot on kitchen cabinets when we can't spray things. And Mm -hmm. it just evens it out, you know, um, scientifically and chemically. I'm not sure exactly how it does what it does. But it definitely will improve the sheen and the smoothness of that wood. So uh, that's a pretty simple uh, way of um, getting past that problem. Awesome. That sounds like good advice. And I think I've even seen on the on the TV show version one day where Joe showed a neat little tip of how to um, hold or place or something with a door that will allow you to paint it without having to right. flip it open. Uh-huh. <laughs> In fact, I was going to say, Everett, if you have a chance, you know, it's it's much easier and better to lay the door flat than try to paint it up, mm-hmm. you know, on the hinges. And that was a bit of a pain in the neck, but I would definitely take it off the hinges and lay it down. Yeah, the trick, I showed a couple of different tricks. I think they're with wooden doors, but you might be able to use it with this because often metal doors are just a metal skin over wood. But you can mm-hmm. either hang it um, if you're spraying it, but if you're um, going to be laying it flat, which you should be, I think, what is it, Dan? You put one screw in one end and two in the other, and you That's use right. the yeah. single uh-huh. screw as a pivot, uh-huh. and you right. rest the doors on the, the screw heads on two saw horses. That allows Uh-oh. you to paint both sides at the same time. But yeah, the oh. flow trawl with a really good brush, as Danny said, if you take your time, you'll be surprised. It'll look like you sprayed it. Wow, that's excellent advice, and that's why you guys get paid the big bucks for giving the full advice. So we appreciate it. I I, I could really see it, though, um, Everett slipping off to Home Depot and coming back and saying, Honey, 
I got a special gift for you. Look, I bought this brush just for you, and I got I'll, and something extra for you. I got you some Floetrol. So, yeah. I'll, uh, you you go on down to the basement, and uh, I'll be watching the ball game. That just handle it, handle it that way. It's no problem. And here, I think we. I'm thinking we only met today, but you seem to know me real well. <laughs> hey guys, I appreciate the advice. Thank you so hey, much. Hey, our pleasure. I hope you have a great weekend. If you need anything else, you know where we are. Yes, sir. Thank All you. right, man. Uh, I, I love that when you when you hear that excitement in someone's voice about, and it just looks awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean that. He's right almost surprised. He almost yeah, yeah. surprised. That's worth um so much of uh, everything that you do in situations like that. Hey, Joe, I was going to tell you something that happened the other day. I don't know how What's you. That? To me, I thought it was funny. I don't know if you'll think it's funny or not, but you know, um, I'm trying to connect with my grandkids more and more, and and you know, they have their interests, I have mine. So I'm sure. going to try to try to talk with them, educate them. So we were, me and Gus were down at the boathouse. And, and Gus is what, six years uh, old? Yeah, now? Gus is six years old, my yep. grandson. So we went down there and and I was explaining to him because I'm um, really excited about, well, I want to get a jet ski because we oh, live right great. on the water and I know that they would love that. So uh, I've been researching the jet skis, but I really don't have any place to put it. So I found the, this idea of these float, little floating docks. Some of them are plastic. Some of them are fiberglass. Right. But you basically, they just float. And, you know, with the tide fluctuations, you know, less than two feet, it'll it'll go up and down. But it just makes it so easy to just, you know, pull that up. So I told Gus, I said, we're going to get this jet ski and we're going to have the, he goes, yeah, right, right. So I said, all right, good. He's, we're connecting now. And right. so, I, and they were going to put it right there. We're going to secure it all. And boy, we can, we can pull that jet ski right up on there. Won't that be fun, Gus? And he goes, and you know, my name's Pop Daddy. He goes, Pop Daddy, um, who's going to get all this stuff when you die? That's all he he wasn't thinking about what a jet ski was, what a floating dock is, nothing else. He was just saying, Who's going to get all this? So I I tried to to save face there. I did chuckle a little bit. But I said, Well, Gus, first of all, I hope that's a long, long time before uh, that happens. But there's this thing called a will, it's a little legal thing. And you you, you write out all the things you want to give to this person or that person when, you know, your time is up. And uh, so it's just a piece of paper and things like that. Does that make sense? And he looks at me and goes, when are we going fishing? Uh, so, so that was oh my, my in, God. God my knows what's going on in that little brain conversation his, huh? with my oh grandson, my Gus. So, uh, Way to go. Yeah, Gus is thinking, wait a minute, I have three sisters and there's only one jet ski. How's this going to work out? <laughs> I don't want the kayak. I don't need no kayak. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, oh my but, you gosh. know, from the mouths of babes, as they That's say, right. that, you know, saying things like that. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, kids it's cool. Do, kids do say the darndest things, right? And, and we're going to um, see, actually, a soon as we finish the radio show, I'm t- t- taking them someplace that I've been wanting to go for a while, and that, that is a rodeo. Um, a real on- rodeo, I- huh? A real rodeo. I've only wow. been to a couple. Uh, this particular one's been going on. It's, just, it's in a small town near where I live, and it's uh, been going on for 25 years. It's for a, a, a very worthwhile charity that uh-huh. I'm called the Jennifer Moore Charity, and uh, real, real good, does great things for for young people and so forth. So it's great when you go and, you know, you you know that your money's going to a sure. good place. And, and it's really not expensive. But I'm telling you, if you want to be stirred as an American, you right. go to a rodeo. And when you, when you see those flags flying out there and yeah. everybody's standing up and the cowboy hats and the checkered shirts and all of that, I don't know. I just think it's a fantastic environment for kids. And they have all of these kids 
you know, um, activities too there. Right. So uh, it should be a pretty interesting and tiring evening right there. And you got to get to see a lot of animals running around. That's oh, always yeah, fun as a kid, right? Yeah. And we we got them all cowboy hats. We got I got the three of my four um, of Chelsea's kids are going. So it okay. should be. Is, is should a rodeo be, a daytime thing or is this night? Yeah, it's at a, night. A nighttime. Starts at night 8 o'clock at okay. night. Yeah. Beautiful. So we'll keep you posted on that. Okay, we got a little sidetracked here, but we're going to get back to home improvement when we come back. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes, and by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my buddy Joe Truini, and it's time for our best new product segment brought to you by the Home Depot, how doers get more done. Now, nothing can ruin a festive mood like finding rat droppings under your barbecue grill cover or on your patio furniture. Even if you don't want to kill them, nobody wants to share their space with them. That's why Tomcat Rodent Repellent Spray is such a great idea. Now, this spray prevents mouse and and rat entry, nesting, and foraging, both indoor and outdoor. Now, the formula includes an essential oil blend that delivers a strong smell and a taste that rodents can't stand, but it's safe to use around kids and pets when you use it as directed. Now, although rats and mice hate it, humans don't really smell it, so there's no bad odor to offend you in any way. And the repellent is rain-resistant, lasts about 30 days, and can cover about 275 square feet so you can protect all the entry points around your home. Now, for more information on this Tomcat rodent repellent spray, just log on to homedepot.com. I've never heard of a rodent spray before. That's pretty Especially good. Especially repellent spray. That's pretty cool, you know, to keep them away. Um, yeah. that's, you know, that's what happens so many times when you, you know, when you're talking about squirrels or you're talking about moles or you're talking about these, we usually end up with the method of repelling them, make them go right. somewhere else, that's make, right. make, make your home the one that they just don't want to hang out at. And um, that's uh, where you solve it. And that's exactly what we have right here. So uh, pretty, pretty interesting. We always love yeah. to bring those new products and we give you a, a brand new, best new product every single week. Right now, let's head back to our uh, emails. We have had a lot of great emails. Today's homeowner.com slash ask is where you can go. That's what Charlene in Massachusetts did. Said, I have mold on my bathroom ceiling. What's the best way to get rid of it? Well, um, we've talked about this many, many, many times. And number one, you got to have good ventilation. That's you got to right. have yeah. an exhaust fan that's moving that hot, moist air when you take showers straight out of the house, not just in the attic space. It has to go all the way out. And believe it or not, there's there's even different types of exhaust fans that just recirculate the hot, moist air back yeah. into your room. That's not doing anybody any good whatsoever. So that's number one is making sure you have a working exhaust fan. It goes all the way to the outside and it's big enough for what you're doing. And if you uh, want to do a quick test of your exhaust fan, just take one sheet of toilet paper, turn it on and hold it a couple inches away, it should suck it right up to the grill, indicating it does have that positive air moving through it. So that's number one. And uh, and also, exhaust fans only good 
if you use it. So use it when you're taking a shower and leave it on for 10 or 15 minutes after that. And I'll tell you a good little trick on that is to put a timer on that switch that you can just set it for whatever, take your shower, it'll continue going, and it'll cut off by itself while you're getting dressed and, and moving through your day. So that's very important. And, and of course, um, Joe, um, making sure that you know, your paint's in good shape and right. that yep. you have good coverage there uh, is also a good repellent. Yeah, because the reason we're not just telling Charlene how to clean the ceiling is there's no point in cleaning the ceiling. This this obviously has a issue with ventilation and excessive moisture. So cleaning the ceiling is one thing, but then it'll come right back if you don't if you do not do all these other things that Danny's recommending. Um, and if you, for some reason, don't have a vent fan and it's not easy to install one in the ceiling, you can put one in the wall. It, a lot of the older homes only had a window. They didn't have a vent fan, assuming you're going to open the window, which is great unless it's the middle of winter. But either way, if, if you open the window, you have to open the door too. Because if you close the door, take a shower with the window open, guess what? It's not. There's nothing to force that air out. Um, but yeah, vent fan's the way to go. But as far as cleaning it, well, there's several ways to clean mold off the ceiling. Um, you can buy a commercial product, Zep makes one called Liquid mm -hmm. Mold Remover. There's another industrial product we recommend all the time, Danny. I think it's like... Was it RMR eighty six, which uh, yeah. which kills it? If you want to try a homemade solution, a lot of people use chlorine bleach, but it's caustic and it's uh, it stains your clothes and you know it evaporates so quickly it doesn't always kill the mold spores. So what you want to use instead is oxygen bleach. It comes in a powder, mix it about one cup of oxygen bleach into one gallon of warm water. Mix it really well so it dissolves. Then you can apply it to the ceiling with, you know, you can spray it. You can get a foam paint roller, a small foam trim roller, roll it on there. Let it sit for five or ten minutes um, and then wash it off and see if, the, if that works. But again, you can clean the mold off, but if you don't increase the ventilation, it's going to grow back. Hey, here's another email from Pamela in Buffalo, New York. Hi, Danny. I know that touchless kitchen sink faucets have been around for a long time, but on an episode of your television show, I saw a new touchless faucet for the bath sink. What a great idea. I'd love to add one of these sinks to our master bath vanity, but don't those faucets need to be plugged into an electrical outlet? There's no outlet inside our vanity cabinet. And How much do you think it would cost to have an electrician install an outlet? Well, Pamela, actually, Actually, um, I have one of the touchless faucets, and it operates just off of a, either two or four, uh, I think, AA batteries. Double A's, uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, I've been in my house three years, and we've changed it only once, maybe twice at the most. So you can probably pretty much count on getting a year's use out of it. A bathroom might even, depending on what kind of bathroom it is, might even get less use than a kitchen that everybody's using. But um, but that's really all that's necessary. And I think they did that because there's so, you know, few electrical outlets under kitchen sinks, even though nowadays you have the plug-in for your garbage disposal a lot of times and your dishwasher may be in there. Um, but you don't have to worry about that. Buy the right one that has the batteries on it. And I'll tell you what, Joe, I absolutely love that hands-free thing. Uh, yeah. The only problem is everywhere you go, you sit there and slap the faucets and you go, hey, your battery must be dead here. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times that, and my and my girls at their house, of course, my girls now, two of them have the touch type thing. There. Oh, good. And, and uh, but um, I'll, I'll slap a faucet, slap a faucet a couple of times and go, <laughs> oh, I got to reach down and turn the knob on this. Oh, I got to wow. change the batteries. Oh, wait a minute. There isn't. Yeah. A, it's not. There are no batteries. Yeah. Know, so. yeah. It's funny how your brain gets gets challenged oh. that way. Um, we were talking about the self-closing toilet lids. 
You That's know, right. Yeah. Now you just assume they're all self-closing and you go to push it closed. And of course you slam it because it's not self-closing. Yeah. Danny yeah, must be upset about something. In Last the time I did that. That's what Sharon said. Why are you mad? Slapping faucets, slapping faucets and slamming toilet. Yeah. But I almost and who's broke got a this... better life than Danny? Come on. I almost broke that toilet with a, <laughs> that thing. Just oh, it must be malfunctioning there. And the, and the sink needs some more batteries. So, you know, yeah, I have to point all those things out. Hey, you're listening to today's homeowner radio we're rolling right along when we come back we've got a lot of other information we want to share with you including how you can uh, repair a stained door and make it completely disappear you're listening to today's homeowner radio we'll be right back Today's homeowner is brought to you by Wizard Screen Solutions. Find out more at wizardscreens.com. And welcome back to the show. So glad to be with you and want to hear from you. You can go to the hotline right now and call us 800-946-4420. That's exactly what Andrew in Ohio did. Andrew, welcome to the show and tell us what's going on around your house there. Hey there, Danny. Thanks for talking. Sure. Um, Our house was built in 1954. And we have a real nice front door um, on it, solid wood, but it hasn't been kept up over over the years, and it's in badly need of work. So we've thought about replacing it, you know, but we've looked at new at new doors, but they're very expensive and they're not as nicely detailed as the one we've had. So we're thought, we're thinking about um, reconditioning it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the main problem is that it's got two nice insets in it which are made out of several smaller panels of wood. And over the years, you know, the weather's expanded and contracted it, and cracks have opened up between those panels. And I'm wondering what's the best way to fill that in. Andrew, is this a stained door or a painted door? It's a stained door. Okay. Painted would be easier to patch, but... Yeah. Are you planning on it remaining stained? Yes. Okay. 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 Um, well, well, it is it is tricky, and here's the tricky part: that expansion and contraction, the 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 drying out of that wood panel, and the and basically all of the pores there in the wood will open up, and then it'll close back. And it's so so there's movement there, um, expansion and contraction movement that will continue no matter what you put in there, and that's where sure. it, it gets tricky. You know, if it were to be painted, you can go ahead and put um, a filler in there, sand it down nice and smooth on both sides, and then put your primer and two coats of acrylic latex paint on it. And that remains somewhat flexible, and it won't go through that. But, um, Mm -hmm. Joe, what do you think, how successful do you think Andrew will be if he takes that door, puts it on some sawhorses, padded sawhorses, sands those, you know, sand a lot of it down, but, you know, uh, sand that area around there, and fill it with... With one of the really good, like water putty or something like that, yeah. uh, let it dry, sand it, and then restain it. Um, how successful do you think that will be in keeping that crack from opening up again? Well, you might be able to keep it from opening up, but Andrew, the issue is 
is it going to look like you had a crack that you filled with putty? And the answer is yes, because uh, yeah. the, the putties never accept stain, even though they say they're stainable, which they are. I mean, everything's stainable, but um, obviously it's not going to soak up the stain and stay the same color as the wood. So that's going to be the challenge. What, what, is this a hardwood door, do you think, or is it pine, or do you know what it's made I, out of? I think, I, think it's, I think it's either oak or maple, but I'm not positive. Okay. All right. Well, oak would have a very rich grain, and maple would be almost blonde and very little grain, but either way. Um, yeah. I mean, you could, you could fill it. I mean, I know that Bondo, the automotive repair company, you know, make the Bondo for, it usually is like a pinkish color. They do make a wood repair putty that is more like pine or maple color. Um, uh -huh. My concern is you put it in there, you know, is it, I mean, it's going to be better than, I guess it would be better than a crack. So um, you might use something like that. Um, if you were painting it, you'd have other options. But I think to keep it stained, which is fine, you'd have to sand it down the bare wood, put in, um, you know, either Bondo or something like that. You could do do something flexible, as Danny said, some kind of caulk, but that's going to be really obvious because sure. it's not going to take the stain at all. Um, mm -hmm. So even if you use clear silicone or something like that, you know, you're going to see it. You're going to see the crack. Mm -hmm. One thing I had thought about is if we stand, if we if we sand, have to sand the door down, right? Would it be able? Would it would it be possible to take some of the dust from the sanding and use yeah. that to fill in over it? You could, yeah. You would you'd mix it with um, like tight bond three. Uh, but again, when you put that in there, it's going to look like you know glue that's been um, you know fortified with some dust and. Um, how wide are these cracks? At least eighth of an inch, I suspect, right? Oh, not 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 very big. You know, okay. maybe maybe an eighth of an inch, yeah. maybe even a sixteenth of an inch. Okay. They're not very Good. big, but you know, Good. they let the air come in during the winter. Right, of course. Well, I, you could certainly try that. Um, but again, the the glue isn't gonna. It's gonna be mostly glue. It's gonna probably be you know sixty or seventy percent glue. The glue is not gonna accept the stain very well. The wood that dust you put in there will. Um, so you can certainly try that on one crack and just see if you like the way it looks. And, and just use the glue very sparingly. And then when you're putting your stain on it, then that um, that sawdust is going to really absorb that stain. Right. And you can okay. kind of play with it a little bit, but I think you'll be pretty successful. And the main thing is when you put the polyurethane, the exterior grade polyurethane over it it's going to seal up that crack so you won't you won't have any air coming in uh it's just the how unsightly it might be and how well you're able to cover it up but i would give it a try and i don't blame you for trying to hang on to that door because it's probably much better than uh, a lot of them that you can buy today hey you're listening to today's homeowner radio short break and we'll be right back where it'll be simple solution time don't go anywhere Today's homeowner is brought to you by Duck Brand Weatherization Products. And welcome back to the show. Danny Lipford here, and this is the time where my co-host Joe Truini gets to shine with another simple solution. Joe, shine on, my friend. Thank you, Danny. Yes. Um, if you've ever tried drawing a perfectly round circle, you know how difficult it can be. So um, most people use like a pencil compass, which is fine if you're drawing small circle, but for large circles, 
This simple solution uses a yardstick. Get a wooden yardstick and you start by drilling a small diameter hole, like maybe eighth inch diameter or so, through the one inch graduation line. So you come up one inch from the end, you drill a, a hole through right in the center of the yardstick. And that will serve as the pivot point when you're marking the circle. Next, drill another hole through the yardstick one inch beyond your desired radius. So let's say you wanna draw a 20 inch circle you drill a second hole at the 11 inch graduation, right? So that's 10 inches between the two holes. Um, that'll create 20 inch diameter circle. And so to draw the circle, you simply put a drywall screw through the pivot point in the middle of your workpiece, the board or plywood, whatever it is, then place the tip of a sharpened pencil in the second hole. Then you just swing the yardstick around and it draws a perfectly round circle. Now, the reason this works so accurately is because the, rid the yardstick is pretty rigid. Mm -hmm. I've seen people use string, which is fine, but when you pull on the string, it stretches, right? So you come around and you realize it's not exactly a perfectly round circle. So use the yardstick and there'll be a perfectly round circle every time. And you might think, you know, what? where in the world would I ever need to cut something out like this? I, I guarantee you next week, Oh yeah. Next week you'll go, Oh, how did he know? It just yeah. happens that way so often that you need, need something. Of course, you know, um, smaller circles, I've used a lot of, you know, five gallon buckets and, yeah. and, you know, one gallon buckets, but usually it's just a little bit too big or a little bit too small. So uh, another great, simple solution for my buddy, Joe Truini, check out a whole bunch more at today's homeowner. Com. And it's not only for drawing circles, by the way, you know, sometimes you have to draw half a circle or a quarter circle or, mm -hmm. or radius, you know, on, on a piece. So you, this techniques for works for those um, partial circles as well. I also want to remind you what you can see on the Today's Homeowner television show this week. We only got about four more weeks before the show stops airing on broadcast television. Of course, you can find it on all of our streaming channels and you can go to todayshomeowner.com slash stream. Find out where you can see almost 600 episodes of today's homeowner television show. But this week, you can see Kitchen Refresh. This is a kitchen remodeling project that we did that are very, very popular shows because so many people want to do something to their kitchen. You don't want to spend $30,000. Hey, we've got a way that you can make a heck of a difference in a kitchen for less than $1,500. Some of the things we did is we removed a, a bar that was very awkward and the homeowners always hated it. We actually removed it and replaced it it with something much smaller and still very, very usable. Painting cabinets is something that a lot of people are interested in. We show you step-by-step -step on how to paint a fairly good-sized kitchen, but it, the, everything still applies whether you're doing a bathroom, entertainment center, whatever, and also changing out the countertops. We, you know, people uh, dream about granite countertops. We show you what's involved in that. And also apron front sink. That's something that a lot of people have always enjoyed and always wanted. Well, we show you exactly what's involved with a brand new, very consumer-friendly apron sink that makes it very, very easy to install. So all of that and a whole lot more. And again, just uh, while you're there at todayshomeowner.com, you can find out where you can see it in your area. A lot of things uh, happening there. And uh, even though we're going off the air with the television show, the radio show will continue all the way to the end of the year. That's about 21 more shows. And boy, are we going to have some fun as we roll into uh, that last week of this year. It'll be our uh, last show. 
show. So um, decided to slow down a little bit and looking forward to that, but still looking forward to providing you a lot of information. And that's why we encourage you to give us a call now so that we can make sure we're able to answer those questions for you. And that number again, 800-946-4420, or send us an email anytime at com slash ask. Well, that'll pretty much wrap up the first hour of today's Homeowner Radio. Danny Lipford here, along with my buddy Joe Truini. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on today's Homeowner Radio. 